0: Straight Talk Uncut. This is tell us, Welcome to another edition of Straight Talk Uncut. This is recorded on January thirteenth, twenty sixteen. And the reason why I say the recorded date because you know I don't know when I'm gonna <laughs> post this. Even though uh, you know it's not edited, um, and, and that's just part of my uh, part of my uh, flow. To, to just do these things not edit it, because that's just another hurdle another distraction and like i said before um when i did my previous podcast the editing part was was preventing me from from actually publishing them and that's what the uncut in straight talk cut and cut is for uh somebody asked me uh or they responded saying they thought it was going to be like a some sort of controversial podcast because I had uncut in the title. Nope, it's not about that. Uncut just means simply when I record it, I'm done. I record it and publish it whenever I publish it. So that's that's that. Um, again, thank you for for joining me for this edition. I have a few things I want to talk about. Um, also, someone asked me why I'm not talking about, I'm not going to even say the topic. Um, well, it's because I only talk about News and articles and things that I seek out. I don't. I don't see something in in just you know because it's popular to talk about. Matter of fact, I'm looking for shit that's unpopular to talk about. I'm I'm trying to bring attention to the things that no one no one else is talking about. Everybody else talking about the same shit. Donald Trump, Bill Cosby, uh, Barack Obama, and you know whatever reality shit going on, reality TV shit going on. Um and, and that's it, uh, you know, that, that stuff don't interest me. So what, what's the point of creating something of your own? If you are just going to copy the same shit everybody else is doing. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm all for, um, I'm all for talking about topics and things. If you have some suggestions, but you know, if, if it's something that, that you can't get away from, like you turn on a radio station, you turn on a TV, you, you you uh you go online. It's the same articles. If you if if those are the suggestions you have, my opinions on that stuff. Uh, I I I am not. It's not that I'm trying not to talk about it on purpose. I'm just not interested in it. That's that's just the facts. I, I I'm I, I really I just have no interest in in that in that stuff. So what I am interested in is um this article that I, I came across. Um, there's going to be this this website that's going to be catered toward uh, creatives, towards uh, film creators, uh, you know, um, theater actors, uh, designers, architects, and musicians. And it's going to be it's it's sort of I'm not sure if it's like a nonprofit or is it for for profit. But let me just let me just read a little bit. Uh, the headlines and some of the the um, some of the, the the article. So, you this is the article. YouTube millionaire Jamal Edwards backs a website to help creative people become entrepreneurs. Now, I had to look up Jamal Edwards. You know, uh, you and, and see again, YouTube millionaire Jamal Edwards. And maybe I'm just not you know because like I said, I, I only. Um, talk about things that I, you know, articles that I seek out, and I seek out real specific things. And what, which is how I found this this, this YouTube millionaire. Um, so it seems like James Jamal Edwards he founded this YouTube channel that was, uh, I think, catered towards like uh, you young entrepreneurs. And again, he's a YouTube millionaire, and it seems that he made it. He he made uh, in previous years. Um, over eight million dollars British pounds. So he, I guess, he was contacted by this organization to help back this project that's going to uh, start uh, sometime, sometime this month in January, uh, along with some other sort of self-made entrepreneurs. But it's going to be, it's not going to be like a like like any kind of funding type thing is is just reading the article it seems like it's going to be like a website matter of fact the the website is going to be called uh the website is dot co. so in creative creative entrepreneurs.co and again you have to be um in in the creative field film theater design architect Music, you know, but it doesn't say. I'm reading this again. I don't see anything about like, uh, I you know, I guess film is visual art, but I don't see anything specifically saying like painter, photographer. Uh, I don't, I don't see that mentioned. But you know, in at any rate, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a, a resource tool, like a resource hub that's gonna aggregate all of these other sources. Of of like grant money and funds and things like that. So in itself, it's not going to be a resource that you can go and so try to you know get a grant from. But it but it's gonna ha- it's gonna be a resource to where you can search. It's gonna be like a it's pretty much it's gonna be like a Google. If I'm reading it right, it's gonna be like a Google for creative entrepreneurs. So you can go there, you can search, you can find articles, you can find um, companies that have money allotted. You know, grant money allotted for, for the, those creative fields I, I just mentioned. And one of the other people that's going to be um, involved is a lady by the name of, um, let, me, let me see here, it's Anya, um, I may butcher his name, but a fashion designer by the name of Anya Heinmark, who's a luxury clothing accessory uh, business, is worth an estimated $29 million uh, British pounds. So she's, she's also along with Jamal Edwards. She's also going to be a part of this. And the, this whole thing was founded by a lady named Caroline Daly, who used to be uh managing director of time Warner. And it seemed like she stepped down last year from time Warner and to, to do this thing full time, this creative entrepreneurs.co full time, you know, I I like seeing things like that um, to where it's catered towards creative. I mean, there's all sorts of funding and things like uh, grant money and funds and small business organization for traditional type entrepreneurs, you know. But when you throw creative, when you throw arts in the mix, even though look, look how much money movies are making, look how much money Musicians and in um, you know music artists are making. Still, if you go to a bank, <laughs> or if you go to some sort of uh, funding source outside of like, outside of industries catered just towards, which are few. You know, a, a musician can can go to a label, um, a, a film person. A, a lot of films. You know. At least, like starting out back in the day, a lot of films were independently done. Even now, uh, like comedians are, are, are producing their own things independently. Uh, Louis C.K., one of the first comedians to step out and produce, I think he produced, right directed everything his own series. And and this is a guy who already you know had some sort of leg up in in his field. And, and just by, um, but that just wasn't enough. He you know he still had to jump through hurdles and things like that to to get funding for projects. So he decided to to independently uh, do his own thing. And, and Spike Lee, another one. You know he had a what was it a, not a Patreon but a, a Kickstarter for a movie to to get funded. And and I think it's not in in those in those instances it, it wasn't and I'm just assuming it wasn't that they couldn't get the money. I'm thinking it was the, the red tape or the stipulations behind that money behind, uh, you know, getting the industry or corporations or backing, you know, backing from the the same type of people that would back a, a, a traditional business. I'm thinking you know they didn't want to be a they didn't they didn't want any catches they just wanted the funds to go do their thing with all creative freedoms, so I'm hoping this thing this creative entrepreneurs dot co dot would be something like that to where, you know if it it, it, it's, it kills me how, um when you do see something like some sort of grant or or something like that for a creative, but then there's all these stipulations tied to it. To where you lose all creativity, you know what I mean. So I'm hoping this 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 project is going to be something that not only is a resource for creatives, but it, it won't take away the creative freedom of the creative, you know. So uh, check that out, CreativeEntrepreneurs.co. You, uh, I have a, a link or show notes or whatever in the in, in the notes on um, StraightTalkUncut.com. I thought that was a cool article. And, and plus, you know, I had to look up this YouTube millionaire. <laughs> what what brought this to my attention for one thing was my, uh, my daughter, my, my middle daughter, 11 years old. She wanted a YouTube channel. So my wife and I came, actually my wife, you know, I was like, you know, to me, this, this is the thing when my kids come, come to me with something. Uh, and these, and these, these are the questions that I asked. I was like, well, what is your plan? What you plan to do with the channel? You know, I'm not like, because I I guess because I'm a creative myself, I understand when someone wants to create because, I mean, but I don't think kids understand like the bullshit in the, when you start opening yourself up online, you got to have some tough skin. You know, (laughs) you got to, you know, you got to, you got to be prepared for it. So. I had her to to outline what she planned to do with it. What she planned to do with the channel. And uh, and she showed me some some things of some some channels she watched and some you know, some similar things that she wants to do. Now, mind you, this is the same daughter that we bought her a flip cam when she was uh, let me see, she's eleven now. She's probably six or seven, cause she was creating little videos with her uh she, she I mean, if you have kids, you totally know what I'm talking about. But there's these things called my little pet shop these little collectible little bobblehead pets the little toys right and they got probably a thousand of them and and um and so she wanted she was using my camera and my like phone and in one of my old uh, digital cameras to create these little movies but she wanted she would want us to watch them and the quality was just so horrible. You know, they were like grainy and, and the audio was terrible. Um, you know, especially when she used, I, I I'd let her borrow one of this, I mean, this old uh, Nikon point-and-shoot digital camera that I had. Like, I mean, it's, it's like the f- f- one of the first iterations of Nike point-and-shoot digital cameras. So she's putting it on the, the big screen TV and the quality was horrible. So we bought her a flip cam. You remember flip cams? the, f- the first flip cams, like the actual brand flip cam. It was one of those. And we actually, we still have it. I have it on my, on my display of old cameras. I, I, I stopped getting rid of cameras and decided just to start putting them on the shelf. So, so this was, you know, again, just like five years ago and she was doing that and she wanted a the channel then, But I would, you know, I was like, no, you know, I was like, she, she, you know, she's too young, but she, so she'd been wanting the YouTube channel, all this time. So I was like, all right, you know, outline what you want to do with it. Let me, you know, let me know how I can help. And, um, and she was like, yeah, I don't need any help. I just, I just want permission to, to create a channel and you know, this and that. So, so when I saw this YouTube millionaire, I was like, Hey, there's some people. I mean, I knew there was people making money on YouTube, but just when you see that together, YouTube millionaire, you know, I was like, hey, you know, maybe this, maybe this would be an inspiration for her. I mean, not that she's not inspired already because she wants to do it. But this would be, a uh, you know, a, 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 I guess inspiration to make her um, understand organization, you know, understand of having a a, a real plan for it and not to want to do it just because it's cool. So that's it. So check out Jamal Edwards. You know, I, I looked at a few of his videos and it looks just like, you know, actually his channel, didn't have that many videos on it. It it uh you know when you go to his channel and then you click on uh, let me see here I did Jamal Edwards and then I <laughs> I clicked on videos and going back three the first video is from three years ago. Um and his it looks like his his channel is called S B T V, so you know that's something I may check out. You know I watched a little bit of of one of the first a few videos on here and it, and it looks like he's just sort of one of those uh, guys that is, is, you know, is out there trying to bring light to young entrepreneurs and, and just doing this thing. But it's just like, he's more like one, you know, like the, the film guy, the, uh, I don't know what to call it, like a commentator for these, uh, for like young, young, um, creative entrepreneurs. So, you know, he's doing this thing. All right, so that was that. Uh, and you can read more about that article or more about what's going on with that on the like again on the link or go to uh creativeentrepreneur.co. So, uh what else I have going on? Let me see. That was I know there was another story I wanted to bring to your attention. I found this one funny thing <laughs> called the uh the epic flowchart on procrastination. And to to even go to that link and to even look at that chart is procrastination within itself. Because you know, but I, I wanted I just wanted to bring attention to it because it's hilarious and true. As I'm going through it, I'm just laughing because it's so true how we can go down the rabbit hole of procrastination. Uh, and let, let me bring it back up here if I can if I can find it you totally get what I'm talking about. Okay, here it is. So it, it starts off, it's called the procrastination flow chart. And again, I'll put a link to it. Um, it, it starts out with a, you know, like a mall kiosk map or mall map where it says you are here, right? And it shows, it shows an arrow pointing to randomly browsing, right? So you follow the flow chart, randomly browsing to... The next four topics. The next four topics are Wikipedia, Reddit, Dig, Other. Uh, the next one's YouTube. Then the next one, stumble upon. Right. So you follow the flowchart down to. <laughs> t- okay. So let's, let's let's follow the path of YouTube. This is this is one of my biggest procrastinators, and this is why it was so funny. So I'm going to follow randomly browsing down to YouTube. Then the next box is read dozens of comments. I do that. And, and and why do I do that? I, I guess to see if someone's opinion is like mine, because sometimes I, c- I can watch a video that's so blatantly bullshit. Like, I, I, I can't even put it into words, but it's just so... I, I told you about the Ty, the Ty Lopez. I told you about that, that guy. And I was reading the, the video, and some people were buying... Well, not some, a lot of people were buying it. Like, they, they were buying this bullshit. Like, oh, I want to be like this guy, right? And so, and then, okay, so the next box, start trail of related video. Again, this is what happened. You, you, you know, you click on a video, you start watching the video, and all of a sudden, all this other shit start popping on the, on the right column of a, hey, if you like this, you may like this. And then, or even when that video ends, you know, you, it, it just keeps playing to the next video that's related. And then you, next thing you know, you 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 started off watching a video you started off watching a video about um say 2016 movie trailers next thing you know you're watching some shit about the illuminati <laughs> you know what i mean like i you started off watching who's going to play such and such character you who's going to play um who's going to play black panther in the upcoming black panther movie you know what I mean? Who's gonna play uh, whatever? And next thing you know, you you own some other shit, totally unrelated, like twelve mysterious sightings in 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 a Marvel comic movie. Like you know, and, and then you, you but you know, it's thirty minutes has passed before you snap up and re, snap out of and realize what the? How in the hell did I get here? All right, so you get what I'm saying, and so the flow chart is is is. You know, it's it's intended to show how much time you waste and, and to call out your own bullshit. And that's really what it does. It calls out your own bullshit. It's hilarious. And maybe it it will put into your mind, like maybe you'll remember this flow chart the next time you start procrastinating. It'll be it'll pop into your head. And sometimes you need those anchors to be like uh to 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 come out or to trigger. When you start procrastinating, when you should be doing something productive, you know, take take breaks and shit like that, but measure them. Measure your breaks. Me- you know, me- or or even award yourself for, you know, uh, instead of just randomly browsing, reward yourself and give yourself a a, a browsing break, and then time it. I, I use. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start talking about these apps that I use. I mean, because I have to, you know, sp- when you when you work. Uh, you know, when you when you work alone, <laughs> you you need something to to trigger. You need something to call you out. You can't just say, okay, in fifteen minutes, I'm going to take a break, or I'm just going to browse this news site for ten minutes. If you're not measuring it, if you're not if you're not making it part of your plan, part of your day, is is what's the point? You know what? What's the point? What's the point of of of, of even like? having, having markers like that, if you're not going to stick to them, if you're not going to have some, some sort of accountability measure. But I use this, uh, I use a few, one, one of the main ones that I use and I don't purchase many apps, but this, uh, uh, Pomodoro challenge is one that I purchased. You know, I started the trial and I'm, I'm not, you know what I mean? Let let me tell you this. First of all, if I, if I, tell you something about an app or some product or something I use, it's because I use it or because I know somebody who uses it and I'm thinking about using it or something like that. Or I may want your comments about it. I may want some suggestions about it. It's it's not because I'm fucking um I'm affiliated with it. If I'm affiliated with something, I just tell you I'm affiliated with it. I just wanna get that out there because a lot of times you you I I listen to um Matter of fact, you know, I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to a perfect example of that in in a second. But a lot of times you hear people talking about shit that they, they've never used. You know how they? You know how I know they've never used it because it's on every podcast, and I know all of these people are not using that the same bullshit. So, but this this one app that I use, um, the uh, Pomodoro Challenge. Uh, there's a lot of like uh, little apps like that, but. I was, i can't remember what I was reading, and it, it's actually based on some sort of science. You know, it's based off some sort of pomodoro is like based off some sort of science. You, you look it up for yourself. Maybe I'll talk about it on another episode. But what what I what it what it does for me is I'm able to build in projects and a lot a certain amount of time or a certain achievements with those projects. Like for instance, I have a subscription to Lynda.com. And if I'm taking a course on Lynda.com, in order for me to be more effective with it, I can't just sit down and try to go through an entire course. Even though it's tempting, you know, to to sort of you know like uh, binge on a course. Instead, I I put like and, and let me just let me show you the projects I have now. Uh, I'm you know I I, I got back into film, so one of my projects is uh, taking a course on darkroom. There's there's a few two I think two at least two traditional wet dark room courses on Linda so that's gonna be one of my uh, that's one of my projects in there uh I wanted to get better at shooting video with DSLR so that's in there uh lightroom training now, you know you get you get what I'm saying so that's that's why I use it, and that's why I end up buying the app going with the premium version because in the the standard version you can only do like I think you can only have like three three or four projects in there so, so that's that's what I use to, you know, along with a, a few other apps. That's what I use to be my my guide, you know, when I'm here working alone. I, I have to, otherwise, I'm 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 I got so many so much shit in my head, and I'm trying to do it before I have to go pick up the kids, and, and all of this. But I have so I have to keep my time tight. All right, so check that out. Procrastination flowchart. It's it's hilarious, but don't. Procrastinate too much, looking at it. Um, listening to a phone. Uh, I was just listening to the S Machine. All right, so see, I could, I could get distracted, you know. By that, I should have actually turned that, turned that down. So anyway, moving, moving along, and I found that epic flow chart on. Uh, let me give props to the the website that I found it on. Let me see here. Um, uh, what was? Oh, it was on ink. <laughs> so it was on ink.com. Uh and just go to ink. Yeah, just go to com and look up the epic flow chart on procrastination. <laughs> and it was uh this guy Larry Kim who wrote the article. So check that out. All right, uh what's next? Let me see what what kind of time I got. Man, time goes fast when you when you doing these podcasts. Um 24 minutes in, I got a few more articles I want to talk about. Uh oh yeah this this funny then i'm going to get to the one <laughs> i was, I, was, I just mentioned about people um you know people on these podcasts sponsoring just sponsoring stuff because i, I don't know because they can you know without any i mean the whole the whole thing with a podcast was to have independence but now you listen to a lot of podcasts man and it just sounds shit sound like the radio it sounds like radio you know i mean you gotta pay. i'm not i'm not against paying for your podcast people think podcasts are free you there's a ways to do it free but not a good one uh like i said soundcloud unlimited 15 bucks a month so that that's 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 overhead you know 15 a month that again that can go towards my uh adobe creative cloud <laughs> membership but whatever uh Old Navy let's talk about old Navy and their discouraging t-shirts so old Navy and it's not old Navy you know you know you know the thing about it when when they I, I don't think it was intentional but old Navy published these um, or they they were selling these shirts that were anti artists so here's one of them it says young young aspiring artists but it has artists crossed out. And underneath it has astronaut, right? And here's another one next next uh, alongside of it: young aspiring artist crossed out. Then underneath it has president. Now let me let me let me let me put this in perspective: to people that are not artists, people that are, are artists or have an artist mind, we don't we don't wa- we we don't wake up and want to be an astronaut or president or some other shit. And then decide, oh, you know what? I I want I want to be an artist. No, it's the opposite. You 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 think you have to be these these normal things: uh, astronaut, president, doctor, uh, lawyer, because that's that's what's ingrained in you. And then, but you battle and you fight that shit. You fight it. You fight it. You don't you don't want to be that, but you think society says I have to be this. Art, an artist is not a real thing, I, I, unless you can wake up and all of a sudden be fucking Picasso or Dolly. You know, it's it, it's cool, uh, it, but the the struggle part is not yo know, no it's not accepted. But oh, if you just automatically be the shit, be successful, and be the greatest artist to ever lived, then that's fine. That's fine. It's just the it's just the all the between part that nobody gives a shit about. You know it's okay to wake up. You know Jay Z in his prime, like CEO Jay Z. But all that other bullshit, nah, nah. You know that drug dealing and, and uh, the the shooting his brother, all that shit. You know, it, you know that's that's the part that's bad. Even though that's what it it took, it takes going through that shit to mold the artist. It, I mean, you don't have to go through bad shit, but part of an artist is the The turmoil of knowing that people think like this, knowing that people think you shouldn't be an artist, you 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 sh- you should want to be this other thing. Think think of a world to where everyone was a Donald Trump. Think of a world where everyone was a uh, whatever, whatever fucking politician or doctor or whatever. Think of, think of that world where everyone was that that one thing or those those industries and there was no artists. Just just imagine that. Imagine that. There would be no music on. There would be no musician. There would be no movies. Uh, do people understand this? That's all created from art, the mind of an artist. Do, do people fucking realize that if J.J. Abrams, if Spielberg, if Lucas, if they... Some reason had their artistic mind beaten out of them. The new star. I mean, I mean you have people lined up for nights before the movie opened to see uh, Force Awaken. Yeah, I mean, do you do, be, do the society really understand this? That these these are artists that that goes into the production of something like this. I I just don't understand what the I don't understand it, and and so, so back to old navy. So old navy had those shirts out, right? So of course people people came back and and they made their own shirts. So here's one, young ex, young aspiring old navy exec, and then they have it crossed out, and then put artist. Now these are some of the more tame ones. Then another one said young aspiring old navy exec, and then underneath that, well, it had old navy exec crossed out underneath that. It has human. And, and it, it, here's some of the funny ones. <laughs> uh let me let me find where let me find the funny ones. Uh, there's a whole there's a whole website. So here, here's here's one of the funny ones. So here's one. It was it said uh young, aspiring, old navy. Then it has old navy crossed out and says target shopper. So it's like, you know, I, I guess. I, I mean, I, I I guess Old Navy. I mean, the thing about it is like, who who do, who's creating the shirts for Old Navy? That's that's the. I mean, do they have? Is there come? They can do whatever hell they want to, but it's just like anything else. You could freedom of speech. Yeah, it's, it's alive and well. But hey, there's backlash just because you you're free to say the shit. People are free to to come after you for it. You know, it, it, will Old Navy lose shoppers? Will they lose? I, I don't think so, because people, uh, people's memory uh, is like thirty seconds long. You know, the same people who who wrote these these anti Old Navy shirts probably shopping the next week because the shit is old news as soon as it goes down the Facebook page. As soon as it's off the blip, boom, it's gone. The next day, something new. So, but I just thought it was funny. Um... I just thought it was funny how the people came back uh with, with all these different shirts, and I'm not going to go through all, you know, all of these. So go check it out. You know, just do uh I actually found it on the the examiner, was it? Where did I find this? Yeah, no, it was taxi. uh designtaxi.com. That's where I found the article. So you can go check it out there. And there's actually a response from old neighborhood Really? Who fucking cares? Who cares when people put a, do shit like this and then come out with some kind of response? Because they were like, oh, people got upset. We don't want to lose shoppers. We don't want to lose revenue because of this. Let's go say we're sorry. So that's that. Uh, okay, so now back to what I was talking about, about like apps and people sponsoring shit they don't use, sponsoring apps. So if you ever listen to a, you know what, I don't hear it now. I don't hear it now like I used to, but if you listen to any podcast within the last two, three years, you've heard of Lumosity. You've heard of Lumosity.com. And it looks like Lumosity must pay $2 million because brain training is not real. Really? It's not? You know, I don't think brain, tra- I think, that, I mean, to me it makes sense that you can, you can train your brain. To me, that just makes sense. So I I don't know if if I would if I'm gonna believe that brain training is not real, but maybe some of the shit that Lumosity purported is not is not true. Um. Yeah, I mean brain tra- brain training has to be real, right? I mean, if the more you use your brain, the the more you retain, right? The more this I mean, it. So is that not true anyway? So here's the article you've seen the claims play some mental games to improve your memory and cognitive and cognitive sharpness a personal trainer for your brain improving your performance with the science and neuroplasticity but in a way that just feels like a game so maybe that's what um they're being sued about that you can't do it like a game i don't know um So Lumosity is one of the best brain training programs, and yet, according to the Federal Trade Commission, many of those claims aren't backed up by science. On Tuesday, Lumos Labs, the company behind Lumosity, agreed to settle with the FTC for $2 million for misleading consumers on claims that playing these mental games will help with cognitive performance and prevent mental decline as we age. Okay. Lumosity preyed off memory loss, dementia, and even Alzheimer's, okay, so that's okay, so it's not that brain training is not real, it's the claims that Lumosity made while not being backed so that pr- pretty much this just means they didn't they didn't pay the right people that's that's really all this shit is said. man anytime you see the Federal Trade Commission in somebody's pockets trying to get there's yeah, okay whatever okay i'm going to apologize for for my initial thoughts because i didn't read more anytime i see you you got to be skeptical anytime you see somebody paying of what what is the fine going to solve is the fine going towards um paying back people who paid lumas well i guess i should read further huh um let me see let me see here uh okay so they agreed to pay a settlement with the Federal Trade Commission for $2 million for misleading consumers on claims that playing these mental games will help with cognitive performance and prevent mental decline at the age. All right. Lumosity preyed on consumers' fears about age-related cognitive decline, suggesting, suggesting their games could stave off memory loss, dementia, and even Alzheimer's disease. Jessica Rich, director of FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection, said in a statement, but Lumosity simply did not have the science to back it up. Okay, so see that's that's the bullshit. Meanwhile, meanwhile, how many how many kids in college you think are getting ripped off by bullshit claims or by uh, I mean I, I, I guarantee you, I can create a list of more uh harmful claims that are ripping off ripping off people. See that that, that that's that's see that's the stuff you gotta you gotta you gotta look deeper into and I didn't look deeper into it. I just saw this, and um. Because the thing the thing that killed me was how much Lumosity costs, and I remember looking back looking into it uh, a while ago. And, and just looking at how much it costs, like when especially when there, there there's stuff like that that's for free that's that you can just go download an app to do memory games. So that's, that's the thing I didn't get. I'm like, well, what's different about this that you can't go get an app for. And, and anytime you making claims that, yeah, I think they, they set themselves up for this. I don't, you know, they set themselves up for this, making claims that it's going to prevent dementia. Um, whatever. But my point was, there was a lot of podcasts, you know who you are. There was a lot of podcasts selling this, what, what I mean, without any sort of, uh, you know, so so does that mean that the podcast should pay, should 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 come out of their pocket for people who went to Lumosity because they heard it on the podcast? I don't know. Whatever. My point is, man, can't you can't be a sheep? You can't like follow some shit. But back back to my 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 old saying that I found for somebody else believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. Anytime you hear the same, I mean, even now, listen to podcasts, you hear the same shit on these podcasts, the same ads, and they always say, for my listeners, just for my listeners, go and type in blah, blah, and you get a 10% 10 discount when I can go online and find the same discount. It's not that, it's not that, Podcasters shouldn't make money. Yeah, podcasts should make money, but man, be a rich, be a creative. Like you, do you care that you sound like everybody else? When you, and, and, and it sounds like a big, a big lie when you're saying only for my listeners. Type in this code and you get this. When I just heard a podcast and another guy said only for my listeners, even on the radio station, only for KKW whatever listeners you, you sound like a sheep bad. You sound like a sheep, do something else. Sell your own stuff. you if you got something to sell that, you know? All right. I'm off that, uh, I'm off that, that thing. But, uh, yeah, that, that caught my eye about, uh, <laughs> uh, this lumosity, you know, matter of fact, I went through something similar. Like I, I wear the, the five finger shoes, the, the Vibram when I, when I do like, uh, any sort of Tabata or even when I run, I wear them, right? So I know they had a lawsuit back, um, you know, for the same thing claiming, you know, for false claims. Now, I still have, I, I wear mine and still have them. I, I got a brand new pair that I, I still wear because I didn't buy them based on what Vibram said they were going to do. This is why I bought them. Um, my I got torp knees, right? And I was really, really, because I just got tired of it. I, I was really looking into getting knee surgery. And a guy told me, hey, before you have this knee surgery, a runner, a, 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 a guy who's ran marathons in these shoes, right? So not just some somebody who, some fat fuck saying, oh, yeah, you know, I like them. And, you know, I'm, no, this this came from a guy who runs and runs marathons in in these shoes. So he told me, before you you know, even go see a doctor about, you know, cutting into your knees, try these out, you know, try these out. And and he had a whole whole article about what he did to avoid knee surgery. And part of it was to buy these Vibram shoes. And Hey, he, I, you know, I never asked him, are you, a, uh, are you, do you get, are you affiliated with Vibram? Do you get any kickbacks or, you know, whatever? Because to me, That you know, that, that sound better than (laughs) buying those shoes sound better than going to have surgery. So I got them, I use them and they do exactly what he said. They do exactly what he said they did for me. And, and and I didn't even see what, I didn't even know what Vibram Vibram purported them to do. I just, I did some research on like, um, bare feet running and, 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 things like that. And I wasn't, I didn't even relate it to Vibram. I just thought Vibram was was fulfilling a, a niche market of people who were already into bare feet running. I didn't, you know, I didn't I didn't look at it as Vibram created these shoes and started telling people, hey, uh, you should bare feet run. I didn't look at it like that. I look at it as the reverse, like people, you know, there, there's these group of people that this this group of society that bare feet run and they believe in, like, not caging your, your feet, <laughs> you know, and, and and so Vibram, which are Vibram have been making shoe soles for, you know, they, they've already been in the shoe market. They just haven't, they just weren't making their own shoes. They were making like the soles of shoes. If if, if my research is correct, because after I, you know, learned about them, that's when I started looking into them. So, you know, so I had my shoes on and a guy was like, well, are you going to stop wearing those? I was like, why? I didn't even know about the lawsuit. And he was, I was like, Why I I like them? He was like, "Well, because their lawsuit." And I was like, "I I don't know about a lawsuit." And then he told me all about it. I'm like, "Well, I'm not wearing them. If I bought them and they didn't work for me or didn't, I would have stopped wearing them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not wearing them because somebody said I should wear them. You know, because the company said I should wear them. I'm, I'm wearing them because a guy who wears them and wear them in marathon. Matter of fact, I looked up pictures and saw other people." Running marathons with them that were weren't affiliated with Vibram. They just so I'm like, if they can run mar, the most I've run is th- five miles. It, like, and that's the, I I run I, I do three three miles more often than I do five miles. Like, it's been a while since I did five miles. So, that's it. That's that's how, that's the extent that I run. And then, but I work out, you know, five days a week with them doing like t- doing Tabata because to me, is is easier to do burpees in the five finger shoes and to do yoga in the five finger shoes than to do it in tennis shoes. So I still, I still wear them. And, um, so he was like, well, the lawsuit said that their claims are false. I'm like, well, I, I use the shoes and they work for me. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying about, um, and that's nothing new, man. You, you, you know, you've always had celebrities, <laughs> pretending to be doctors on, on like giving medical advice, but that's, that's just the nature of our society. I mean, let me get off that band off that horse. Um, one last article I wanted to talk about and um, yeah, because I'm not going to get to all this other stuff today. So I came across this, this thing, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to title it because I heard this in the little video. saw so. creating in the dark, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go to okay, so go to the creatorsproject.vice.com and or go to straight talk uncut and then you know look in the show notes you'll see a link directly to this article. But the title of the article is Van Gogh didn't care about fame, and neither should you. I've always said my motto has always been. I don't give a shit about fame, but I do want to make money from art, from my art. You know, I I, I don't think, well, I'm not going to say nobody, but some, some people would rather have the fame than to be able to sustain a life financially with art. I don't give a shit about fame, but I do care about m- making a full time sustainable income from, from my creation, from, from creating. Whether whatever I I decide to create, you know what I mean. So this this video, this guy, um, what is his name? Dylan Carter. He's a filmmaker. He makes these short films, and one of the short films is called uh, pay, "Not Creating in the Dark," painting in the dark. And in a nutshell, you have to go watch. Go watch the matter of fact to give to give Dylan uh, Carter some props. Don't don't even watch it from. Don't watch it from the uh, device. Uh, let me let me find his website, Dylan Carter, filmmaker, because I think he actually has like a a Patreon thing going on. Okay, so he has a video. He has a, a Vimeo. No, you know what I mean. This is why is it so hard to find these dude's. All right, whatever. Maybe the link is back in the the device article. Okay, yeah, so it's part of it's part of Vice. Like, yeah, okay. Give give Vice go to Vice because Vice is part of it. It's the creators project uh, is is a, a little side thing from Vice. You know, I do th- I thought Vice was like a soap culture magazine, but I guess Vi- Vice has evolved a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> um so 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 what it was talking about in a nutshell, it was talking about it used Van Gogh. Van Gogh, Van Gogh as the example of what it means to be an artist. Now, I'm I don't I don't fantasize about being a starving artist like what I just finished talking about. I don't I don't fantasize being a starving artist. I think that myth, that shit should be banished. Uh no when you when you become an artist or when you decide I'm going to not be in the cubicle, I'm going to take this seriously, you got to make money from it. Or you will starve, and Van Gogh was the epitome of a starving artist. To the fact that he was losing teeth, his his new his, his he was he was so malnourished, he he just was deteriorating, right? But so this this creating in the dark, just painting in the dark, goes into talking about um, how Van Gogh created all these art pieces and only showed it to one person, his brother, because he wasn't creating for the fame. He was creating it for himself. He was creating it because that's what he did. That's what he... He worked jobs. You know, he worked these other jobs, but he just want He wanted to be a good artist. He wanted to be a great artist. And it took nine to ten years before his brother to finally sell one of his pieces of art. And did he bask in it? No, he he kept on going. I have a, I have a, a, a similar story um, well, no, no. I don't have a similar story. I have a relatable story to this, to where, um, and it and it goes to to the point to making a point that you know when you decide to be a true artist, a um, creative, social media doesn't become your claim to fame. Like like getting some likes on social media. It's not your claim to fame. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it means nothing. It, it, it's 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 irrelevant. It's hollow. It is nothing until somebody is buying what you've created. That that's the real. That's the only real measure, right? When somebody, if somebody's saying, "Yeah, that that looks awesome," but I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't pay for it. Fuck, fuck that. Yeah, well, what what does it matter? But if someone's saying. I like that enough to, to, to pay my hard earned money for it. That's the only measure that really, I mean that, because if you're anything like me, you're never going to be a hundred percent satisfied with your work. You may get to a point where you, you, you know, it's, you're ready to show people, but I, I've never created anything to why, to why I said, um, That's exactly how I envisioned it. (laughs) I've never, I've never created any, I've never taken a picture. I've never created anything to where I I thought, you know, oh, that doesn't need any improvement. I've never thought that. So the measure of even pleasing yourself, that's, that's impossible. But you uh, you know what a good measure is? When you create something that someone else wants to buy that's a good measure. That's a good measure of whether or not you can sustain or, or if you create something good enough to where someone wants to back you financially, you know, through a, through a sponsorship, a fellowship, through a grant, through a scholarship, whatever, if someone is going to back you financially, that's a good marker as well. Um, so, so that in a nutshell, that's pretty much what this painting in the dark is talking about. And, um, yeah, dev d e l v e dot t v, I think that takes you to Dylan Carter's uh, <laughs> um, his website. And the video is called this, this one, this particular one. Uh, this actually, he he did, let me see, three. And let me, I'm just trying to get this all straight here because he has a few videos, but. So Your Art is Shit was a short film. Your Art is Shit is the refrain of a surprisingly uplifting short by filmmaker d- Dylan Carter. Now that's, that's, that is what led me to discovering d- these little short films by Dylan Carter. And they're almost like mini, I'm all into documentaries. So this is almost like a little condensed documentary on Van Gogh. It's worth going to look at. It's it worth. It's worth very worth taking a look at. Let me see. And then he has another one. He has a few more. I think he has three. One, see one. I think he has three total. And he has a Patreon campaign, in which he's trying to get funding to uh, to create more. So, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, your art is shit. My art is shit. You know. You you're only trying to. I mean, everybody's artist shit. So so get past it, get over it. Yeah, people think artist shit. That's 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 what people. If it's not mainstream, if it's especially if it, if it's like your if you put all of your emotions and all of your feelings behind a, a piece that you created or whatever you created, do it for that reason, and know. That there's somebody out there <laughs> that, that has those same or similar emotions and also that there's somebody out there that's willing to pay for it. That's, that's the marker. There's always people going to be, I mean, you can create something pretty and people are like it. People are, are going to favor it. People uh, people going to thumbs up it, but then you put it on a you you put it on a canvas and nobody wants to buy it, or you you make a print of it, and nobody wants to buy it. So, um, yeah, don't don't ever be ashamed of wanting to make money from your art. Uh, yeah, the point behind the point behind your art is to create it, is is to express, but the ultimate goal is to to sustain a living from it. Well, at least that's my goal. That's 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 my goal, cause I, cause again I'm I'm unemployable. I've proven it through my various jobs. I'm unemployable. Uh, <laughs> so this this is I, I, all I can do is be a creative. That's 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 all I can do. I can't. No matter what kind of schooling, no matter what kind of training I have outside of being creative, it doesn't matter if 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 I if my mentality, my attitude can fit into the mold of sitting in the cubicle and and being the sheep and bobbing my head and just doing what I'm told. It doesn't matter what what kind of traditional training I have. You know, it doesn't matter what I can do, what comes easy to me. So that's it, man, I'm at 54 minutes. Man, (sighs) I thought I was gonna not go over 30 minutes, but whatever. Um, That's it, thanks for listening to this edition of straight talk, uncut. Again, I'm telling us to my uh, one one viewer. Hey, man, appreciate it. Appreciate you watching them. Tell somebody about it. Um, it's gonna get better. <laughs> it's gonna get better. The more I do this, uh, the better it's gonna get. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna commit. I'm gonna commit to a hundred episodes. The last time I did a podcast, I committed to twenty five. I'm gonna commit to a hundred. Uh, oh man, that's get a uh, Yeah. I I could do 100. Can I do 100 this year? 100 (laughs) in 2016. Can I do 100? 100 of these podcasts. Yeah, 100. 2016, I'm going to do 100. You heard it. All right, man, that's it. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guy or gal listening. That's it. Straight talk, uncut. I'm telling you. Talk to you later.